Thank you, Rowan. Good morning, Ella. Good morning, everybody. Privileged to be here. Thank you for our aunt, Eugene. Um, welcome to all the, all the visitors, the baby dedicators and the rest. Um, it's good to, good to have you. Um, can, we just, can we just prepare our hearts for an encounter? Now, I know it's, it's, it's like so obvious, but can I just urge us not to sit back, but listen with an anticipation that the Lord will speak to us, that He will speak to you right now where you are. And you know, the, the amazing God that we serve is one that can just, just, I don't know if He waves His hand or moves with His Spirit or what He does, but, but as He does this, everybody in the congregation feels Him so personally that they can hear right into their situation what He is saying, and He does it at the same time for everybody in whatever language they prefer. It's just so an incredible God. And, 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 and this morning we want to remember who stands before us and who we are uh, uh, dealing with. So my name is Kasi. As Ruan mentioned, I'm married to Marty. I'm part of a few ordinary people in this congregation trying to follow an extraordinary God. And I'm, uh, and I'm part of the leadership and have been for a while. But it's just so important that, that whatever we are speaking this morning, it will be clear that it is for the ordinary. It's for us. It's for every one of us. And I'm going to try and get us over a few objections why it is, maybe you think, not for me. And that is for us to be in the Word. Okay, so we have had a, 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 a number of encouragements the last month or two. And, and, and the Word of God, the Bible, and getting into the Bible and using the Bible has been emphasized. We also had a prophetic word uh, a little uh, a Sunday or two ago that says we need to, to watch out for a thief that comes in the night. We need to be prepared for the suddenlies, the when we don't expect it times, all right? And so the title of my preach this morning is Angarde. Angarde, on guard. And so it's a fencing term, it comes from the sword fighters, and they say, prepare yourself, all right? You prepare yourself for an eventuality, you prepare yourself, you position yourself for the attack to defend yourself, you position yourself to be ready, on guard, all right? So say it with me, on guard, like your French and you mean it, on guard, okay, so this is where we are, now when, when I hear a word that says, prepare yourself, you know, if I can give other words to that, it would mean that 2024 can be an exceptionally good year, but it will not happen by itself. And, and um, I'll, I'll tell a little bit about my holiday just now. I had a good holiday, fairly good. I didn't sleep much, but I had a fairly good holiday, and I'm upbeat in my heart. I'm upbeat concerning the year. Uh, I've had a difficult year last year, and I'm, I'm just persuaded it's got to be better this year. I'm persuaded, you know? Um, so I'm not, I'm not at a place of being morose or depressed or what, not in the least. But I am persuaded that it will not happen by itself. To some extent, we need to take it to make it, all right? What are other words to what I'm saying now? What would it also mean? It would mean the following, I think, what the Lord is saying. 
Do not live this year by natural sowing and reaping principles only. Okay? What do I mean? It means like being faithful in your business, doing, doing um, the things that, 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 a, that a good worker or a, a good employer or a good whatsoever does, being good to your kid and good to your wife and, and, and helping the lady across the street. And so, which are all good things, being generous, which Urulov mentions. Now, we, it's obviously, now I know doing good deeds is also spiritual warfare. I get that. But I, I feel what the Lord is saying is that applying natural sowing and reaping principles only is not how you will have a good year. Because there is a thief that will come in the night or at least is checking whether he could come in the night to steal and kill and destroy. And if we will not be ready with spiritual measures, with spiritual encounters, we might have a difficult year. And I don't know about you, but I know I don't want that. Okay? So we're going to consider how to avoid having a difficult year. <laughs> All right. Now part of what um, Fritz mentioned with the first preach and, 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 and what, we are, what we are speaking about is that getting into the Bible and reading the Word faithfully is not the only thing which the Lord is calling us to, right? Okay? He's calling us to be Word-filled, like getting into the Bible, but also Spirit-filled people. We have to obviously balance it. Now, the moment that you say Word-filled, Spirit-filled people, this is the lives that we are called to live, we, we automatically will get four kinds of people, possibly even four kinds of people that are in the room this morning. One, people who are not word-filled or spirit-filled. Two, people who are word-filled, not spirit-filled. Three, people who are spirit-filled, not word-filled. Four, people who are both. And it's, it's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious, but it's not automatic. Okay. Now, I have been told that for the Springbok rugby team, one of their mottos, one of the things that Jacques and Rassi and whoever gave them for the last few years is the following. If you are going to be picky what you want to do on the field, you cannot play in the team. Everyone on the team needs to be willing to do everything that needs to be done. Can we be that team where everyone in this team is willing to do everything that needs to be done. Whether that is getting into the Word, getting into the risky place of following God's leading at times where you're not so sure, increasing in hearing the Spirit, maybe stepping out and giving a word to somebody or reaching out to that stranger. Can we make up our minds, whichever parts we might not like so much, we are going to do it because this is what is required of us. Can we be there? Can I have an amen? Now, um, um, Ruan mentioned the walls of Jericho um, just now in, in, in the word that he brought. Um, the word of Jericho, as far as I can remember, was mentioned a few times this week in some of our prayer meetings. And by the way, prayer meetings is for you, okay? Whichever way, wherever, get to it, get in there. It's a way of growing, it's a way of hearing, it's a way of listening. But 
in those prayer meetings, um, the walls of Jericho and the spiritual, uh, 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 the, the power of the spiritual word has been emphasized. So this was not the first time that I heard this this morning. It was an echo of something that had been speaking, uh, that, that, that God had been speaking in our midst. And so Jericho, in principle, is that city that you could not take naturally. The Israelites didn't have what, need, what was needed to take that city. It is the impossible situation. It is not the thing that maybe if you do a lot of effort, you will be able to get there. It is that thing which no matter what you do, you will not get in there. That is what Jericho is speaking about. And the nice thing about Jericho is on the one hand, God gave Joshua a word. He had to do the crazy thing, number of crazy things. And then he got the city and, and Joshua out of that, what he experienced in the Lord, he cursed that city. All right. He says, this city will never be rebuilt because the Lord, whatever, this is devoted to destruction. And if somebody would rebuild it, woe to him. Okay. He will, he will start with the loss of his eldest son. He will stop with the loss of his youngest son. That was the curse. And you actually find in the history at some stage, there was a guy who rose up. It was in the, in the, in the days of Ahab. And this guy rose up and he started rebuilding. It's, it's, it's a godless time. The people are not serving the Lord. He probably never heard about Joshua and the curse. So he goes into that mad thing and he loses his children just as it was spoken hundreds of years before. Why did it happen just like that? Because a word, a spiritual word uttered by the Spirit has power. Either way, life or death. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's what our call is for this year, that we understand how to work with those things. All right? In any case, he comes and he rebuilds Jericho, and obviously he pays a heavy price for it. But there the, the city stands. What's interesting is the faithful God, the one who is with us this morning, is the one who during those days raises up prophets, Elijah, Elisha, and the like. Now, in the days of the handover between Elijah and Elisha, Elisha comes back. This is now in power. He crosses a river in flood miraculously, all right, like the, like the, like the people used to. He hits with his mantle on the river, river parts. He walks through. He comes to a city. Guess what the city is called? Obviously, it's Jericho. You know, we were talking about Jericho. So he gets to Jericho, and they complain to him. So they say, they say, listen here, there is a problem in the soil. The crops don't grow and the, and, the, and the livestock are barren. They are infertile. We're struggling with getting babies. Something is wrong here. Obviously, we know what the song, something is. It's a generational curse that Joshua said. This thing must never stand again. But you know what the, what the kind Lord does? He gives his prophet a word. The prophet takes him, he says, bring me some salt, if I remember the story correctly. He puts it in the water or on the soil, or I, I can't remember exactly, you can read it up. But the point is, the God who instated the curse comes and breaks the curse. And can I just say, there might be just reasons, right reasons, why you are in trouble. Maybe your parents or your grandparents were in the occult. They did things that they shouldn't have been doing. And they are good reasons why you are suffering because of things that were done. But the good God is always ready for redemption. That is the message of the cross. And this morning, that is available. But you have to know Him, and you need to hear Him, and you need to speak Him for that thing to be broken. Are you able to hear Him? Well, that is obviously what we are practicing. 
So the encouragement is get into this unmatched book. Get into this thing, which are sacred writings. Get to know the author. Get to know the things that are said. And in line with them, utter words of faith. All right? The just shall live that way, the Bible teaches us. It's by speaking. It's, I believe, therefore I spoke. That is the way circumstances change. If it sounds strange, just keep pressing. Just keep listening. It will become more familiar as time goes on. But just here for a quick commercial break. I have a video clip about somebody talking about the Bible. Jeska, if you can put that one and not the children, please go. <laughs> if you look at the Bible, we've got 66 books of the Bible, and they're written over a course of 15 to 1600 years. You have 40 contributing writers. I don't say authors because God's the author. You have 40 writers of these 66 books. Now think about it. They lived in three different continents and they spoke three different languages and they lived over a span of 1,600 years. You, you take all their writings, you put it to get, together and you get this perfectly congruent book called the Bible. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I mean, okay, go back 1,600 years. We go back, we're, we're right around 500 AD. Pick a guy and tell him to write a book, a chapter, right? Mm. Then go 100 years and go to a different country, a guy that speaks a different language, tell him to write another chapter. Right. Then go another 100 years, do the same thing, do this for 1,600 years, come to 20, 2019, 2020 time period, right. and tell me you got a book that makes any sense. Yeah, I know. Okay, but let's, let's sweeten the deal. If you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament was written by several different writers living over the course of 1,100 years. So they wrote this, this, this Old Testament, which is Genesis through Malachi, was written over, over 1,100 years. We have several writers, correct? Now, these writers made predictions about the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. okay? Predictions like he'd be born in Bethlehem, he'd be born of a virgin, he'd ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, he'd be betrayed by a friend, he'd be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, that 30 pieces of silver. It's actually in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm would buy a potter's field. I mean, on and on and on. There's 300 of these predictions in this Old Testament, okay? So Jesus comes along, okay? So, so, so the last book, the last book is written 400 years before Jesus was born. So we've got 1,100 years. The last book's written 400 years before Jesus, and Jesus comes along and fulfills every single one of the 300 predictions. What are the chances? But there's actually this scientist named Dr. Peter Stoner, and I have his little book, Okay, this book, I went to buy it on Amazon because it's out of print for years, and it was costing $800, but a pastor knew how much I loved this, and he bought it for me as a gift. So here is the book, okay? But this is a scientist who lived in the 20th century, and he said, what are the, and his expertise was probability, okay? So what do I mean by probability? Um, simple probability, if I've got a five-gallon paint bucket, and I got nine white tennis balls and one yellow tennis ball, and I put them in there, and I shake them all up, and I blindfold you, and I say, okay, pick out one ball, Scott. What the chance of you picking out the one yellow tennis ball is one in ten. Well, this guy's an expert on it, right? So he doesn't do this research alone. He gathers 600 science students from 12 different classes, and they go on this massive project to figure out what are the chances of any human being from the time of Jesus' birth to the end of the 20th century, 2,000 years, any human being on earth could fulfill just eight of those prophecies. Just eight. 
okay? Now, they picked really simple ones, all right? Number one, Christ to be born in Bethlehem. Micah writes that. Christ to be preceded by a messenger. Isaiah, in a totally different generation, writes that. Christ to enter in Jerusalem on a donkey. Zechariah, in a completely different generation. Christ to be betrayed by a friend. Christ to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. The money is to be thrown into God's house. Um, Christ to be silent before his accusers. Christ to be executed by crucifixion as a thief. That's the eight prophecies they picked. And the crucifixion wasn't even a thing yet. I know, that's that, what's that, crazy. I know, that, there's some prophecies there that, I mean. They didn't even invent crucifixion right. until, so right. when this was written, it, wasn't even, it, it didn't right. even exist, right? right? So they go on hours and hours of research, study, doing all that they do, that these, science are prob these scientists do. And their results was actually studied by a third party. And that third party was the American National Scientific Council. And you know what the American National Scientific Council said? What they found was conservative. So what I'm about to share with you is conservative. They said the chances of any human being on earth from the time of Jesus till the end of the 20th century of fulfilling those eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power. Dr. Stoner said, let me make this palatable for the average man and woman. So he said, if you take a, a silver dollar, which is about that big, and if you have 10 to the 17th silver dollars, you have no place on earth to store them. You have to just spread them out on the ground. And if you have that many silver dollars, you will cover the entire state of Texas two feet deep with silver dollars. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Now, gather all those silver dollars, mark one of them, shuffle them all up, distribute them over the entire state of Texas, blindfold a guy in Oklahoma, put him on a helicopter, start flying over the state of Texas. The state of Texas, it takes 17 hours to drive through. Fly over the state of Texas. At any time, he says, let down. The guy gets out. He's still blindfolded, right? He picks one silver dollar. Chances of picking out that one silver dollar wow. is the chance that any human being could fulfill these eight prophecies over 2,000 years. And he, Jesus didn't fulfill eight. He fulfilled all 300. Yeah. It is literally a miracle. And they actually went to 48 prophecies. They, they looked at 16 and 48, and it's, it's actually mind-blowing. All right. Danke für die. Many times um, we come to the Bible, and um, we don't understand what is in front of us. We don't understand how exceptional this is. I actually asked some AI bot last night. I say, all right, tell me, um, books sold, you know, tell me about the books, many copies sold. And so the, 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 this thing comes up with a number of numbers, and, and so, so he would say books that were sold a lot were like 80 million copies, 150 million copies, so that, that, was, the, that was the high numbers, you know, and, um, um, but he doesn't mention anything about the Bible, and I get that, I mean, it's frequently outside of. And so I ask him, um, so how many, how many prints of the Bible were, 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 were done? And so AI thinks a bit, <laughs> and then he goes, there have been more than 5 billion copies uh, printed and so on. It's driven by all kinds of religious groups and whatsoever and whatsoever. But it just, he answers something where he says, this is off the charts. It's, it's, it's right here above. This is not what we consider when we're considering like copies of books. But I mean, if you, if you, just, if you just think about this, whatever, whatever published uh, uh, paper you want to compare it to, it's, it's unprecedented in how much 
um, is printed, read, distributed, the, immense, the immensity of this work that we've got with us. Not only is it, is it immense in the natural like amount of copies, but it's immense in the power to change and transform and restore. And there's something in, inside of us where we have to stand still and consider what a privilege and how sacred is this, what we're dealing with. Um, it is um, really mind-blowing. Now, yesterday, as I was, as I was um, taking uh, my time with the Lord, I was taking some communion, coming before the Lord, and, um, and, and usually it goes like, Lord, I just come before you in Jesus' name, and I'm really in need of you, I, I, I trust you, or something, like that. this is how my conversation would go. And, um, and I just felt uh, the Lord say, uh, before I, before I start, start going, the Lord says, I want you. And, um, and on the one hand, what I understood is, is I need to give myself wholeheartedly just in my preparation for the preach and whatsoever. But as I started preparing, I just felt that this is something which is not just for me as an individual, but it's something that the Lord is saying for us as a group this morning. I want you. But I want you is something like, I want a vessel, but will you give yourself? I want to fill you, but, but will you work with me? I want to give you the sacred writings instilled. I want to build it into you. I want to transform you. I want to fill you with the Spirit. I want to light the sacrifice. I want to come upon you in power. I want you, but do you want it too? So just pause, hold that thought. In, in Isaiah 12, um, it's, it, it's a prophecy about a change. It's getting better. And it says, with joy will you draw water um, from the wells of salvation. So it's a, the, the, the previous verse is just, I rejoice in God. God is my salvation. It's good. It's all this potential. potential. But what I want to say in verse 3 is we need to draw the salvation that God has for us. It is available, but it's not automatic. And, and obviously we have spoken. But, but this thing this morning is God says, I want you. And I want to compare it to something or to someone that also heard the words, I want you, but he didn't like the context. Okay? We have already spoken. We cannot be picky in the context with which God wants us. But there was a time when the Lord spoke to Jonah. And, and we'll just start with Jonah 1 verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, go, arise, go, and read your Bible. All right? Arise, go, and get into the word, for you will need it. You need to arm yourself. Verse 3. And then, I'm paraphrasing, it's for us, okay? Um, and then Jonah arose, and he didn't go to where he was called to. As a matter of fact, he fled from the presence of the Lord. You know, um, in our days, fleeing from the presence of the Lord is not necessarily going to be as intentional as, as Jonah did it. For some it might be, but that will be the limited few. For most of us, fleeing from the presence of the Lord will be by neglect. It happens by itself. You will drift from the presence. As a matter of fact, Maybe you're already far, but the Lord's call to us is into, is right there to that place which He has for us, right? Can, can we hear it? I'm the only one imagining this, all right? Good. But as Jonah fled, the Lord hurled a storm. 
Hy gooi een storm op die see. Now if the Lord throws a storm, like, like, like a small child throws a tantrum, you know you're in big trouble. I mean, he's stirring that little bucket which is called sea, and your little, little, little boat in that bucket is in trouble. So obviously everybody, verse 5, everybody's afraid, the sailors are afraid, um, there's the threat that the ship will go down. They each cried to his God, but Jonah hasn't got a God to cry out to, obviously. So he goes to sleep. That's actually interesting. He goes into a place where he, he had the advantage all the time. He was running from God, but he knew God. Yes, that is eindelijk so verkeerd, ne? Want alle ander ons sweet bloed. Oor sy weg hardloop. <laughs> but he's asleep. But fortunately, the captain comes to himself and he says, arise. And this is my point. What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise! Call out to your God, perhaps. And obviously, the captain is right there. Because the sleeper has to call out for the storm to cease. The sleeper has to call out. The other mariners are just in there because the sleeper is not calling. Right. Are there situations in your family's life where they are in a storm because you and I are asleep? Maybe your wife, your husband, your, and I, I'm not throwing, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm asking this, is Marty struggling because I'm not praying for her correctly or rightly? Is, is John taking battles that he shouldn't? Is, is, is Ruan facing things that I could have made a difference to? Is, how, how's the worship team? Were they struggling? How? You know that, that, that we are in a battle, and our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And many of us could tell that the past year included some storms that were unexpected. And I get it that sometimes God leads us into the storm to give us a revelation. And usually that's the way it is, isn't it? He sometimes intentionally leads us. I mean, look at the story of Job. It's like so deliberate by God Most High as he allows the devil to, to, to have a few shots at Job. And, and yeah, look, God is the, is the only God there is, whether you like it or not. Whether you like his ways, he's not going to change whether you like it or not. So adapt or die is my encouragement this morning. <laughs> All right. His ways are going to be according to scripture, by his spirit, and he's giving us enough circumstantial encouragement to press into that. All right. Pick your storms that you want to be in. But as far as I'm concerned, I want to limit them if I can. And when I hear arise and call on the Lord, I don't think God is speaking only about prayer or only about the word. But I'm th I think what the Lord is saying to Joshua Generation Church in Paul today, but obviously not limited to us, is this. You have to be good at the basics as you go into this year. What do I mean with that? I mean that we have to be good at loving God. We must make sure that we love God well. We have to do the Acts 2 stuff well as Joshua generation, as we are encouraged to. That is to devoting ourselves to the scriptures, to the apostolic doctrine, devoting ourselves to the prayers, to the breaking of bread, and, and, and to, the, to, to the fellowship, not neglecting. We have to do the basics well. We're not going to do the fancy moves first. We might get to them. 
And they might be the extravagant and the funny, but let's major on the basics if we are going to fight this year well. Do you hear that? I'm hearing it. And I need to like just make sure that I don't try and do it too fancy. Just make sure that when I get up, I get into the Lord. And when I go to bed, I get into the Lord. By the way, I think it's a biblical principle. There's something, what's all that? There's something day and night about the God that we serve. There's something about Him that loves that twice a day rhythm. Not as a, as a limit, but as a minimum, I would recommend. All right. Some of you might have seen that the mountains are burning. And, um, and I don't know why all the mountains are starting to burn suddenly. Yes, yes. You saw on skin, I'm not so warm. Let all the bergen brand ski look. You did a right nitty for my luck, honey. It just sounds too fishy to you. I don't swallow it. But people are losing livelihoods and people uh, are, are in danger of, of losing everything. And you know what? That that is actually an image that is all around us this past week uh, of the reality um, our society is fighting itself, ourselves in. I was walking in our suburb last night and I was hearing just the, the noises coming from the various houses, this and that and the other. And I just felt there's such turmoil in the spiritual realm. It wasn't like this, this paradise where I'm walking with my God. I'm walking and I'm thinking like, you, I, I need to sort of just tread lightly, be awake. And I think that goes for a number of these people around me too. And I do feel that in the spiritual realm, the mountains are burning and people are in danger of losing lives and livelihoods if we do not know how to deal with that spiritually. Okay? Jy leer dit in die woord. And you get, so, um, no, 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 where do I go now? Here he is help me. Fritz, the mountains are burning. Fritz has got a, 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 um, a Bible reading plan that for the sake of our fellowship, I read with him. Year by year, this is what we do. Every year we do our Bible reading program. But, Last year, I started to fall behind because of various reasons. So when I started coming to December, I mean, obviously, I know I'm behind and I'm trying to catch up, but I wasn't catching up fast enough for the end of the year. So when I came to December, I, I knew, like now, now, December, and I cannot afford for the 1st of January to come before I'm finished. I just cannot, okay? So I, when, when other people were doing other Binging stuff, I was binging Bible reading. I mean, I was doing like, okay, I need to go through a number of this, that, and the other before the end of the year. For two weeks, I was really putting in a number of chapters a day, like 10, 12, 15 chapters a day. Just, and I, as I mentioned, my holiday was such that I didn't sleep that much or it wasn't that relaxed. But do you know how refreshed I came into the new year? Probably the most refreshed the last 10 years. And you know how it was. It wasn't a suddenly like I, I read the Bible and suddenly it was just this, aha, and something happens. It was just like somehow underlying, there was this ground swell that was building that you couldn't pinpoint this is where it lifted or this is where it came or whatever. But I'm persuaded that somehow I was so edified as I was disciplining myself, disciplining myself, that thing which we don't want to do, you know, 
But it was so edifying that I thought, man, I'm not going to hold back now. I'm going to continue with this for a while. I'm just reading ahead. And why? Because I'm blessed by this. I'm edified by it. I'm stirred. I'm strengthened. I'm inspired by this. The word of our God is an amazing, uh, a miraculous thing. But sometimes he causes it to break through like the sun rising. It is not necessarily like that. It's gradual. It's gradual. It's gradual. But just press in there. The encouragement is for everyone. This word of the Lord must not depart from your mouth. But you must meditate day and night. Now let's get to a few objections there. I object. I object. Okay. My first objection is I can't do this because I'm not a preacher. I'm an ordinary man. Well, guess what? I'm not a preacher too. Okay, um, not at least by, by my, is it my nearing nine? So I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trained to preach here. So, so we are in the same boat as such. And so are all of us. As a matter of fact, when the Lord told Joshua, you have to get into this book, he wasn't a preacher either. This is for the ordinary man. This is for the everyday man. It is for the man that wants to walk with God and serve his generation. It's for those. So I'm not a preacher. It's not a it's not the thing that will, okay. Okay, I am not good with memorizing. I don't remember those things that well as, and then we have got a few guys that we can name out. They really can remember the scriptures and, and I'm part of the, the other guys. But can I just say that for those who want to, they are able to remember a lot of irrelevant stuff. If you would ask John right now about a few rugby players and their details, he would be able to tell you amazing things that are totally irrelevant. <laughs> what, what I want to say about that, it is, it is he's able to remember because he wants to. The question is, do you want to? Do I want to? How important is it to me? Do I think on it? Mm. It's interesting if you speak to somebody who's unlearned, who, is, who, is, who, is, who, is not, um, who cannot read a lot or even can read very little or even nothing, but he wants to follow the Lord. It's interesting how much scripture they remember. And the most of us can read. All right? Most of us can. All right. Um, what about this one? The Old Testament... Is not relevant to us anymore. Hey. Okay, uh, let, let me, let me, okay. Um, you know that in that very same Old Testament, which is obviously quoted um, uh, in the New Testament, um, the, Lord, uh, the Lord inspires someone to write. It says, the sum of your word is truth. That means all of it. Jesus came at some stage, he said, so 119 verse 160 says, the sum of your word is truth. Um, Jesus came and said, do you think I came to put away that Old Testament? No, no, no. Don't make a mistake. If anyone takes one little comma away, he's in danger of hellfire. This will stay. All of this will stay. Look at the scripture in 2 Timothy. All of the scriptures, all of, let's, let, let's read from um, verse 15. From childhood, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Say with me, sacred writings. Sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 16. 
All scripture is breathed out by God. That includes the Old Testament. And profitable. Say with me, profitable. All sacred writings are profitable. From Genesis to Revelation. It's the minor prophets, the major prophets, and all the other prophets in between. This is what the prediker, the worklied, and all life on Job. All of them are profitable for the various things, for training, for reproof, correction, teaching, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And can we add there, equipped for every good battle. Right? Our readiness with the word, our being on guard, means our sword is drawn and it is polished and it is ready for any eventuality. Many, many times... Our readiness makes the difference in somebody else's life, okay? The Lord has somehow designed this thing that we need one another. Sometimes my family doesn't get healed when I pray. It's only when my brother comes to pray for them. But you know what? When my brother's children are ill, they get healed when I come to pray for them. Who worked it? It's the Lord's way. Just be open to it. The Lord has a specific way. It's irrelevant how it wants it. He wants all our swords to be drawn, to be sharp, to be polished, to be ready. We have to get into the Word and, and be ready. So, um, uh, at some stage, ah, a last, last objection. Last objection. What track was now in tight? You know, I can see this half elf, but I don't know when I begin. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Around about 30 minutes. Okay. I'm coming in my beauty. Um, some objection would say the following. I don't want to read the Bible because I must. I like it when it flows, spontaneous. It must feel nice, you know? It's, you know, it's, it's interesting when we read the Bible, actually, there is, an, there is enough for you that says you must do all kinds of things, not whether you want to or if you feel like it. Or what. There's a lot. I mean, when Jesus came to earth, the Father said, you must come to the cross. And Jesus says, I don't want to come to the cross. But the Father said, you must, my son. All right? Now, the first must that I, oh, no, it's not the first one. But I thought a, a nice example is when the Lord comes to Cain. Cain was the brother of Abel. He was one of the, uh, not, not one of the. Cain was the first person on earth to be born of a woman, right? The very, very first born man on earth. And the Lord came to him. Cain wasn't feeling well. He, did, he had a bad day because he brought something that was precious to him in a way that God did not ask of him want. And he was angry. He had all the right to be angry. And the Lord came and says, why are you angry? And then the Lord says the following. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. That hasn't changed the past 6,000 years. Sin is crouching at your and my door. So sicker as what you set of stone. And sin is not just the sins of commission, that what us do, but the sins of omission, that what us need do. Both of them are crouching right here at your and my door heart's door. Its desire is contrary to you, 
But you must rule. You must rule. You must take hold of that thing, wrestle it to the ground, be the master, and overcome that thing which is, and this is a mooi woord hier so, contrary. Dis die teenoorgestelde. Dit wat sonde wil hee, is die wie jy is nie. It is opposite to the calling of God. It is opposite. For us not to be in the word is opposite to who we were called to be. For us to be the treasure, the storehouses of the scriptures, is the calling of God. It says, your words I've hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. And this is where we want it to be. We want to be treasure houses. Who wants to be a treasure house of scripture this year? I want to be. Now, the obvious the question is, how are we going to do it? Number one, call on the good shepherd. You don't try and accomplish anything, whether it's putting on your shoes, putting on your shirt. I know you don't have to call on the Lord to do it, but it's a good thing to acknowledge, you know, like, God, I need you. And the reality is, we do need God for everything. Okay, He gives us the grace and we do it. I get that. But call on the Lord to read the scriptures. He wants to empower you. The shepherd will lead you. Plan it. All right? What do I mean with plan? Is here is the Bible. Okay, I've got a phone here. There is the Bible. Written, written, here is the Bible. Good. It's, it's a thin book. It's not very thick. My son can read a, a novel like this. He loves reading, by the way. But he is not in high school yet. He reads through a book similarly like this in two days or less. Now, I don't think you're going to read through the Bible in two days. But I'm just saying... It is, and obviously the thin pages that I've got here, a normal, normal printed Bible will be thicker than this. But, but um, the bottom line is, if um, the average man reads at an average speed through the Bible, the amount of time that the average American watches television a day, you would read through the Bible within something like six weeks. From cover to cover. They would be taking a look at by TV. Okay. Ma, the bottom line is, how long are you going to take to get into the Word? Plan it. Have you, have you read through the Bible? Which parts do you want to read when? I'm not saying this is or that is or how you should be doing it. But with the Lord, plan what you are going to do. Um, Esti het vir my hier vroeger in die jaar gesê, wat is die plan wat jylle gebruik? Stier het vir my. Hey, that's somebody that's planning to read. Are you planning? Have you planned? Are you busy? Plan, the, plan to get into scriptures. Write. Write down. If you're struggling to memorize, write down what you are reading. Krijf jou jou rofwegboek, krijf jou jou mooi boek, krijf jou enig iets. But write. Krijf jou phone, krijf jou device, krijf jou wat ook al jy gebruik. But write as you are reading. It's a way of interacting with the Word. All right? Try memorizing. It's a good way to, 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 to get it into your heart. Share what you are reading. Say for your friend, ek sikkel, maar ek gaan probeer. Nie wanneer hy vandag, vanmiddag, vanavond. Okay, en ek gaan vir jou vertel wat ek gelees het. This is why we are church, is to share our lives, to share the struggles. And then, my last practical encouragement is this. Don't overthink it. Don't be paralyzed by analysis of why you didn't get into the Word and why, and it's overwhelming and all this, and how am I going to, and then you don't do anything. Don't overthink it. Just start somewhere. Just keep reading. 
Is that? If you need to hear the Lord, start with reading the scriptures. Start today. Okay. Now, in this room, there might be people who have never heard God speak to them personally. Like an interaction with a living, invisible being. And I know that there are many people who have experienced it. But I do believe that this morning, some of us are feeling a tugging on our hearts to respond to the Lord in some way. And say, God, I also want to hear you. I also want to hear you say, I want you. I also want, do you know that the Bible gives a promise? He says, he who has my words and does them is the one who loves me and I will reveal myself to him. All right. But maybe this morning you have not, didn't have the words and you didn't do them, and the, but you feel it tugging. When I was saved, the day when, when the Lord encountered me in a life-changing way, it didn't feel like God was speaking. It just felt like this. this. This person needs to pray for me. It was just a tugging. It was just an impression. It was just a conviction. It was just in something on the inside that I know I need to respond somehow. Maybe there's somebody like that here this morning where you feel like, God, I don't. I can't remember you speaking to me, but I do want to. And if that is you, I want to pray with you. Okay. So maybe we can all bow. We all can all close our eyes. We just can become quiet before God. And, um, and if that is you, you say, God, I want to get the dead words to become living words. I want to find the spirit behind the book. I want the God behind the writings. Will you please reveal yourself to me? If that's you, can you just raise your hand and I want to pray with you. All right, thank you. You can, you can, you can, let, you can put down your hands. Then there, then there are some others. And, um, and you are here and... Um, you feel that, 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 you, that you do hear the word and you do hear the Lord, and, but you know, I need to devote myself more to the word. 2023 is gone, but 2024 is going to be different. I want to be devoted. And if that is you, can you just raise your hand? Thank you. Now I, I want to pray for us, but for those who, who want to respond in some way, maybe it is one of these two things that I've mentioned now, and maybe it is, it, is, uh, um, it is something that you heard in the preach, but I didn't mention it now in the altar call, but you want to respond. As I start praying, just respond in some way. Maybe you get up, maybe you kneel down, maybe you open your hands, maybe you reach out to the Lord in some way, but respond Respond, respond. This is the moment for it. So Lord Jesus, God of the living and of the dead, the righteous judge, the fair, the merciful, we come to you who will come again on the white horse. We come to you who is the, who is the author and the finisher. We come to you who is the shepherd able to save we come to you. And we want to thank you for this moment. 
Thank you for speaking. Thank you for convicting. Thank you for, for, for putting things, for placing them on our hearts. We want to say, Lord, please have mercy. Open our ears. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Here we are. We want to be yours. Lord, there are those who raised their hands and said, God, I want to hear you for myself. I want to hear you as you are speaking. I want to hear you. Lord, I pray that you will open those ears. Even right now, that you will grant them according to the desires of their hearts. May that which seems dead become alive. Lord, I pray um, that you would reveal to them how you are speaking and that you would reveal it in a manifold way, God, because such are your ways. Your word says that your sheep know your voice and I want to declare that they know your voice. As they are given to you, Lord, I know they know your voice. Let them hear it. Let them know it. Let them recognize it. Let it be clear to them, oh God, even right now. And along with them, we, we reach out in faith, trusting that you will speak to them. Help them into the scriptures and into the, into the various disciplines for your name's sake. And then we pray for everybody else that says, God, I need to get into the scriptures more. Lord, we pray, good shepherd, that you would open it up to us in a, in a, in a majestic and in a forgiving way. God, wherever we have neglected your word, we know a righteous judgment will be that we don't get it. But we pray this morning that it won't only be according to what we deserve, but that it will be measured to us in accordance with your mercy. Forgive us where we've neglected, spoken down, looked down upon your word, and lead us into your ways everlasting. We pray. Please, Lord Jesus. And for everybody who's responding in some other way, Lord, please, in your kindness, won't you meet? Won't you protect and deliver? Won't you break through with grace upon them? For your name's sake, Lord. We want to serve you well. We want to be your people, devoted, doing the basics well, being on guard wherever it's needed for your name's sake Amen Okay, Kasi that was such a powerful word and as Kasi was speaking I remembered that there was a long season before I, I had my first real Bible and um, how, how I got in the word because I was I was much younger was by listening to it by song and, and and the word that was spoken and and I was thinking of before the word was written it was spoken and it was sung and if you have a learning disability and you hear Kazi say listen man this is we can everyone can read like this the majority of the of, of society can but some of us will then say so it's not for me it's not, I can't read. I can't read that much. I mean, I, I, I hear my grade two teacher in my head if I just look at that book and all the words are jumbling. And even this, this week, I spent time with one of my sons that said, I can't really listen. And if that is you, then you listen to the word. The Lord is not, is not just for those who can read. The Lord is for us to hear His word. And in those times that I, I can't hear in my heart, and I say, 
hulle pense vier, vat vier, sê vir my jou in die Heer, and I can sing it in my whole heart, because I know that scripture, not because I read it, but because I sang it, and I felt it, and if that is you, then you get to the word in another way. The, basically, everyone, of, most of us can get through it by reading, and that's fantastic, but if you want to hear and get to the word, and you felt, yes, I can't do that, I guess get disqualified, yes, me, you are not. There's fantastic apps and songs out there. And the word is for you too. Amen. So uh, I'm excited to hear what God has spoken to you and what you found in the scriptures. You must have a great week. Have a lovely day. You're welcome to hang around. There's coffee in the back. And uh, let's be found in the word. Amen. Bless you. <laughs>